Hi, and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists of the regenerative movement, people who are committed to and showcase qualities of planetary leadership. My name is Julian Guderlei. I'm a transformational coach, a breathwork teacher, and committed to a world that allows people from all walks of life to thrive. I'm your host and creator of the Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And in today's episode, I'm hosting an interview with Walter Roth. Walter started out as your typical startup archetype with successes, failures, and stressors. But everything changed when he experienced an inward mindset with the help of a couple of counselors. And so Walter has spent the last decade on a personal journey to learn how to breathe, how to be happy, and reach inward to be his best in all areas of work and life. Over tens of thousands of hours, he learned best practices from leading psychologists, neurologists, and mindfulness experts. Walter is the CEO of Inward Inc., which is the culmination of his journey and the beginning of a new journey to use proven evidence-based behavioral change principles to support the transformation of individuals, organizations, and the organizations they run from the inside out. And that's what we're going to talk about with these words. Welcome to the show, Walter. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. I love this inside out topic. And this has been part of my life for the last decade too, is like learning to truly come inside first before I make choices, before I kind of ramble and stumble into the world. And so maybe walk us a little bit through your journey though at the beginning, because it sounds like there's quite a bit of adversity of like, as I was reading, like the, the, the successful, uh, you know, startup archetype all the way to the mindful um, leadership teacher. Yeah. Um, hmm. That's a good question. I think, I mean, I, I've always been interested in technology and I've been always been, um, you know, had found coaches and mentors that really helped me develop. Um, when I was a senior in college, I dropped out of college to uh, raise venture capital, about three rounds of funding, 9.8 million in total. And it was an amazing experience. I had all kinds of great mentors. Um, but it eventually failed <laughs> and I went back to school, finished my engineering degree and then kind of started on the path of just being a, an entrepreneur again. Um, I spent time at a venture fund and um, I spent time at Oracle to learn sales. And then I've always just been my own kind of um, founding of my own companies, uh, increasingly leading me to the inner work. Um, what I found was like when I did my first startup, I started to get onto the same medications as my grandfather. Oh, wow. Um, you know, the amount of pressure and anxiety and all that um, started to give me acid reflux that was burning my throat and I'd lose my voice exactly the moments when I would need it the most. Um, I also was getting very, very up, um, uptight. I'd, I'd throw up in the morning. Um, and so I just was learning that there's all this amazing things going on outside me. Uh, and my inner experience was nothing, uh, was not that great. Um, also, an interesting kind of side note, my first company was about um, connecting people on colleges and had friend lists, had instant messages. A lot of the same functionality as Facebook. Um, you know, started in my dorm room in 97 and then dropped out in 99 and raised money in 2000. Um, and when I watched the movie, The Social Network, and the premise there was that he doesn't know how to make friends, <laughs> I think, you know? Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> What's, what's funny is I walked out of that movie like in a daze because I realized that 
the suffering I was trying to end with a company that's very much like Facebook, um, but not as successful, um, was because I had trouble from early on connecting with people. Mm. And even though I was very outgoing and friendly and all that, um, and I had lots of friends, I still felt disconnected. Um, I couldn't really receive love that was being showered on me. Um, and so um, I bring this up because my path has been, you know, on the outside, a lot of, you know, engineering degree, fundraising, a lot of interesting things, but I've been, you know, through my whole life, um, developing strengths to actually try to address some of the inner suffering that I experienced as a kid. And over time has found a way to integrate that part of myself to be more aligned with the adventures that I do so that I'm not, you know, losing my voice with acid reflux and I'm able to show up as my best, most inter integrated self. And that more and more what I do for a living is actually um, a an expression of how I want to be. You know, I want to be mindful. I want to be compassionate. I want to be truthful. Um, and my, my latest business, which is kind of, some people be like, this doesn't make sense. You know, I've, I've been focused on mindfulness and a mobile app um, for the last like seven years or so. Um, but my latest business is to coach founders and founding teams on enterprise sales. <laughs> and there is a bridge there because there's nothing that's more of a spiritual dojo than um, the arena of sales. You know, you know there, there's some expressions where it's like, you think you're enlightened, you know, go spend a weekend with your parents, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Um, I would say, you think you're enlightened, go, go try to sell your passion, right? Go, go try to get um, uh, sponsorships or donations for the, the thing that you're trying to, to impact the world with, you know, and all your buttons get pulled or all your buttons get pushed. And so almost more importantly than sales skills is the inner work to really become aligned with oneself um, so that they aren't being an obstacle to the, the suffering they're here on earth to end. And, you know, they're, they're not, they're dense in the universe. <laughs> um, isn't being blocked uh, immediately. Yeah, that, I mean, this is a great topic, man. Talking about the, the sacredness of sales in, you know, a, as a spiritual dojo, you call it. I think that's right on. I know so many people and myself included in different phases of my life and different stages. Um, but, but even right now, I mean, there's so much to still improve on in the way we ask for support and the way we sell our passion and the way we, you know, uh, embrace the systems that are still here in which we live and capitalism being a big part of that to support the work we do in the world rather than being a stumble stone. For, and so for so many people, I think that's kind of where, where that lands when they, when they start opening their being to there's more than, than uh, the, the human form. Can, can I throw out a curveball for a second? Yeah, do controversial. it. Um, but I'm really, I'm really curious. Book, book note where <laughs> you're going to ask me. Um, I'm starting to develop this kind of idea, and I think other people have had it before. It's not original, but I'm kind of finding my expression of it. Um, and this is a little bit controversial. It might be projection. So I'm probably telling you more about myself than you listener, but there might be one listener that hears this and is like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but 
the bigger someone's vision is to impact the world positively, right? Um, the more successful they've been on their path, especially traditional success, you know, great college, investment banking, whatever, now they're converting into, you know, impacting the world, they've woken up. Usually that is in proportion to the amount of suffering they had as a child. And we can't always get to our suffering, so we end up trying to get success, notoriety, <laughs> impact. And that's fine, it's beautiful, you know, but below that is kind of uh, greed and fear, even when it's a nonprofit, even when it's to feed starving people, you know. Um, even if it's a startup so that you can then become independently wealthy, so then you can fund all the different people that you've been waiting to fund. And I say that not as a negative, but as like an invitation to like, that is the arena. And one of the biggest enabler, not enablers, amplifiers is one uses their path and they kind of do inquiry into, okay, if I didn't have this success or if I didn't have this you know, this mission, what might I feel that I don't want to feel? Um, what are the thoughts about myself that require this success or require this big mission? As long as that's working, I'm fine. I'm coherent. I'm aligned. I'm pontificating beautiful lyrical statements about the earth um, and the world. Um, but if it's not working out, I crumble and the worst part of me comes out and I blame my point or, you know, what have you, I, I retract, I, con I contract. And so this is kind of like, to me, when I say sales is a spiritual dojo, you know, it might be more true for some people, but um, there is, I think, truth for a lot of people about this. And so that's where, regardless of where you are on success or on mission to say, where am I here today? And to really become, to be able to do the inner work, whether it's meditation, mind uh, therapy, whatever, to kind of see this dynamic. And as one kind of addresses it, they start to be from a place of truth and direct experience. And then that is what allows them to really sink into uh, what is the suffering they're here on earth to end and what's needed. And they become a magnet to find all the different people that can play the different roles in, in, in making that happen. Um, and when they are that way from the inside out, when they connect with people, the other people will open like that. And it'll be far easier to figure out like, is this someone to work with or not? Is this someone who's gonna sponsor this or not? You know, And the ideas become a lot less complicated and kind of, um, watered down, um, they, they become, you know, much more clear. So that's, that's kind of a, a I don't know, is that, is that controversial, Julian, or? Uh, I don't know if it's controversial. I think it was beautiful to, to follow you down the rabbit hole there for a bit. You know, it's, I think it's very real that we live in a transition time in, in the way I would call it from uh, one epoch of humanity to another epoch. And, and so, you know, th this transition time, you could, explain it in spiritual terms from you know the 
um, last yuga to the next yuga or from the you know, uh, last time to the Aquarian time, or you could say it's since humanity took a photo of Earth in space in 1968, and so our consciousness changed, and now 60 years later, we're like at a different place, and we're learning to unravel what it means to be interdependent rather than to be separate. I, I think it doesn't matter how we arrive there, but, but so in this transition time of who we are, I think everyone listening, and myself listening to you, Walter, like can find a way how that lands, because how can we separate the message from the medium? And so the medium is the way business has been operating for a long while in this paradigm of infinite growth that, that won't hold up very much longer. And the, the medium is like working hard to get somewhere, which, which ultimately often, not always, but often just feeds the, the ego gratification of, look, look, I did this, I did this, right? But so here's where I'm going to push a little bit back because I think it's very important to also understand that one of the processes that a lot of people go through and I've gone through over and over and over again is, so when is it my time to speak up? So when is it my time to step into the sacredness of my sales? When is it my time to actually say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to start this podcast. I'm going to find all these people that make change in the world. Because, you know, in the first place, in my personal case, it wasn't to make myself look good. Now, contradiction to that is, though, the longer I do it, the better I make myself look, right? But, but that's another piece of learning between my spirit and my ego to embrace and understand. And so I think the way you've questioned there is like an amazing inquiry and exploration because, you know, our, my whole list of questions just became obsolete, but, but, but it's like, in times of COVID, I think we've all been challenged with this. Almost all of humanity is now focused on this single focus point of it, this really, if you believe in it or not, if it is in your family or not, but like this, this virus and this pandemic are connecting humanity in a certain way. And so what it also has done, it's shown us that a lot of what we've created is not essential. It's just not essential in any way of looking at it. And so it gives us this incredible opportunity to take a very deep breath and look, what are we actually creating that is in alignment to not just feed and fix, as you said, like our individual trauma and suffering from the past, but is of true service to mother nature, to humanity at large, and you know, to this, this pale blue daughter, I call it the green and the blue planet in space that we're living on. Mm. I don't know where you're going to take this and where you're going to go with this, but like, <clears throat> grab the microphone, Walter. It's, I'm curious. It's beautiful. I mean, I, I, I love your, your response to what I said. And yeah, I, I, and, and what I, and I know sometimes when I say this, I've started to say this a few times. Um, it might fuse, some people will take it defensively or accusatory or whatever, but it's like, it's a jungle gym. You know, a lot of people say it's like doing the inner work. No, it's like playing as an expression of what you are as parts of you that were never you, but you held on as if they were you fall apart, you know? Um, and so if people want to, it's just about opening up in every moment and seeing what parts of what I was describing might be present that allows you to, to know yourself even better and then allows the person you're talking to know themselves even better because it's like magnetic. It's, it's, there's coherence that happens. Um, and so one of the, the fundamental first principles of this sales of the spiritual dojo 
right? To, to play in this, you know, to not wait. I would not say wait. I would not say do your, do your inner work and, and then go out and do this. No, as messy or sloppy or blinded as any of us are, and I've been all that many times, start. And then it's like, it's like circling. You're circling yourself. Then you're circling your venture and what it's about. Then you're circling the people that might play roles in it. And it's constantly like, like really like, am I seeing clearly? Are they seeing clearly? And just, it's just this process of, of play that allows us to see each other more and more clearly, you know? And if you want to, you can go all the way at some point and go, oh, we're all one, but I won't go there. Uh, I might lose some, some listeners <laughs> in, the, in terms of the, 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 the context of sales. So one of the first principles of starting to look at sales as sacred as, as, as a spiritual dojo is to, to know that even if your goal is just to sell the, the crap out of something, <laughs> um, that pitching is not the answer. That the first principle of sales is don't waste time, right? So it means have something of value. And then, and then it's don't pitch, it's actually search for suffering that what you're doing ends. So this is the part of becoming super clear, like what suffering are you ending? And be so, become so clear in that and then start looking out at the world to find the people that are, are, are suffering in that way. So you, never, you don't even have to pitch to them. And so the act of sales and the skills of sales is actually to go out. And once you're clear with that, go out and be able to open up people to really get a, an understanding of their suffering. You know, it's kind of an honor for someone to share with you their suffering. And if you're going to natural places of sales, you know, so like a prospect who might buy advertising or a foundation that might donate, they've been trained, they have their own system. And so they're kind of like, show me the product, show me the pricing. I call it kind of like dance monkey dance, you know, and at best that's like, you know, what you do and how you do it, but it's not why. And when you start to commit to anchor in what suffering you're here to end and search for people in that suffering, you don't show up and say what and why. You, sh you show up and you engage in a way where they, they reveal what suffering they're in and seeing if it is in alignment with that what you're anchoring. And it's, and it's a completely different energetic dance when this happens. People say, okay, show me what you do. It's like, hold on a second. I'm not sure if it's worth your time. Right? And you create a container of safety where you're like, you know, we're going to end up being aligned or I'm not going to sell you something. And so there's a few techniques you can do and a kind of a process to follow, but that's kind of at the, at the highest level of, of sales is sacred is just getting out of the idea of pitching and getting into the business of becoming clear of suffering and um, what suffering you end and who has that and how do you find them? I find that a, a fascinating inquiry. What suffering am I here to end? And like, how are we perpetuating suffering with the way we're being or not, right? And, and very, very, very curious. I mean, that's, that's clearly where the link is to, to sacredness of sales. I think I wanna make it really pragmatic. Like how am I, you know, how can I see a sacredness of sales if I'm selling I don't know, like a cell phone, or if I'm selling a, um, 
Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm looking for it. Give us maybe some examples so we can like, Let's go really there. Yeah. So, so taking one, so we use a cell phone as an example. How would it be sacred to sell a cell phone, right? And if you think back, I don't know, the 80s, 90s, or whatever, wherever they came, it was like so slimy, right? Those, some stores made tons of money and they had like all these contracts, they're trying to confuse you. And it was just like an attack on your nervous system. You'd, I like, feel like in Canada, there. that's still the case. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. What happened? And then you're now like, ball and chain for a year like that was my first lesson of true commitment and i hated it you know um okay so we'll use that product which has a terrible like taste for some of us who yeah yeah process. um and i'll take a step back very tangible practical this is from my mentor steve brown who was like a former engineer who learned salespeople made like five times more than him and so he was offended that he created all the value and didn't you know have any of the reward as much and so he watched all the greatest salespeople with the oracle was a sales engineer got to watch all the greatest salespeople, figured out that the best salespeople spent the most time on the deals that were gonna close and very little time on the deals that didn't close. So as a good engineer, he thought, okay, all I gotta do is figure out how very quickly I can find out which deals are not gonna close and then not spend time on them. So this is, you know, which deals I'm aligned with, right? Um, and so he was like, all right, so how do I find that out? And so he, he came up with three questions. You need the answer to the three questions. And if you have good answers to them, you're aligned and you should keep going. Okay. And I'm going to tell you what those three questions tell are. Tell me the questions. Tell me and the questions. Yeah. And then we're going to apply it to a cell phone because yeah. when you take the three yeah. questions and you first apply them, it's easy to get um, features as the first level of answers. Like, oh, it's a cell phone. You can call people, you know, you can text, right? But, but that's not very sacred, right? Then you kind of get to, to benefits. Oh, you can talk to people miles away or, you know, in the middle of the night or, you know, you know, you can call someone for a ride. Okay. Those are benefits. That's not very sacred, but then you get down to the suffering level, which is like, and I just saw this on YouTube or something, you know, some mom starts to go into convulsion and the, and the daughter calls 911, you know, cause the mom had some, you know, issue and the 911 person coached the like four year old to like, help the mom get through a seizure and get police there, you know, like that's suffering that if without that cell phone, that person would have died. Right. And so that's starting to get to suffering. So in, in that case, we're not selling a cell phone. We're, we're getting into like, what is the true suffering in someone's life and how this thing might help resolve that. So should we get to three questions or do you have any, no, I, I definitely want to hear those three questions. I'm, I'm all ears. I think the interesting thing about what we're doing here and, and, you know, why we're exploring this topic together on the show also is that it's relevant to everyone. It's relevant in so many ways. It's, it's, it's relevant how to be our best selves in this society and bring regenerative change. Like each and everyone who's started something that is actually truly fundamentally regenerative has to also find either someone who buys it or who is an investor into it. And so, so many of, uh, us and our peers and the people listening and, and everyone attuned to this is going through this. So it's, it's, it's beautiful how playfully you're guiding us into like finding the, both the pragmatic with the playful with the sacred here. Beautiful. Thank you. That's very good uh, framing. Um, and so, and so the three questions is the first one is <clears throat> why buy anything? And you know, oftentimes when deals don't go through or whatever collaboration was going to happen kind of falters, 
it's because there really wasn't enough activation energy to get through all the ups and downs that, that come with a sales process, a funding process, or a collaboration process. So you need to have a really good answer of why buy anything. And you test this answer by asking the opposite question. What happens if they don't buy anything? What happens if they just continue with the status quo? And so that's the first kind of bucket. And you need an answer for that. The second question is why buy us? Because you know you might have a situation where someone is in so much suffering, they have to do something, they can't just stop, they can't just stay there. But then they could solve the problem themselves, maybe an in-house team or maybe themselves, or they could go elsewhere. And so even though there's a deal, it might not be your deal, right? It might not be your collaboration. So the way that you test this answer is, what happens if they do it in-house or they go with someone else? And then the third question, and, and again, it, you know, these kind of build on each other. The first one is, you know, yeah, we've, we've got activation energy. We have to do something different. Yeah, we got to do it with you. You know, Julian, you, you do, am I pronouncing your name right, Julian? You, you, I'm going to just, I'm going to use this to, to share the, 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 the never-ending naming uh, piece. No, you're not pronouncing it correctly. It's Julian, but you can also say Julian. It's very funny what happens though. A lot of Americans out of some kind of almost Spanish, but not even truly Spanish background, make out of Julian, make Julian, which I never truly understood, but this has happened to me all over the world, especially with Americans. Because in Spanish, which, you know, I've lived in South America for quite a while, it, it, it will be Julian. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's a funny one. I feel like I'm having a, a short moment there, but, but no, thanks for asking, man. This is um, important and not important at the same time. And we could dive into that too, but let's go back to the question. So why buy in the first place and then why buy us? Yes. And so you've got, they got to do something new. They, they got, they, they, you know, you do something that's very unique. Um, Julian and um, <clears throat> boom, you know, why right buy there, you got Julian. it, man. you got it. Boom. Um, and then, but the last question is, why buy now? And it doesn't mean today. Hmm. There's two aspects of why buy now. Um, one aspect is, do they need, is there a reason, a compelling reason, why they need to buy within a meaningful time? And what meaningful means is, like, if you're a rep and you need to meet quota for the end of the quarter, you're going to focus on people who are aligned with getting, you know, your deal done by the end of the quarter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're like a founder and you need to get, you know, a certain amount of revenue by the end of the year so they can raise your next round of funding or something, um, it might be a year, right? So now it could be any given amount of time. That's the first part of why by now. The second part of why by now is so many deals will drive people crazy because the timeline slides. And so why by now is what is the compelling event that they need to, to buy by that event? You know, so like if you're going to go traveling and you're going to buy a suitcase, like you got to buy a suitcase before you travel. Right. And it won't help you afterwards. You know, how much does it cost to change your ticket? 500 bucks? Okay, great. I'm pretty convinced you're going to buy by this date. <laughs> I know you're a world, world traveler, so that's why I use that example. Um, so together, why buy anything? Why buy us? Why buy now? Provides a waterproof case 
that will tell you if you're if their suffering is aligned with what you do so that the amount of time and effort it takes the ups and downs between now and and, and your deal closing that you're going to be able to get through it if if they if, if the timeline if, if they're supposed to do something you know oh yeah we'll send you our, our logos we'll send you this we'll talk you know talk to these people and if they don't do that you know you, you have an email back saying hey um, I'm getting a little concerned on the timeline. You know, mm -hmm. you said you need to have, you know, something done by this time so you can do this. If, if you don't get me these things that you said to get me, the timeline is going to slide. Um, if that's okay, fine. But if that's not okay, please let me know how, how, how do we, how do, what do we do? You know, wh what's your plan to, to, <laughs> to get what you want when you, when you want it. And if, if you've done a good job at getting the three W's, you, the person will see like, wow, yeah, like, I am aligned with, with um, making a midnight call to someone on my team to get this done and pay the extra shipping and get it to you. Um, and it's not because you, know, you, you demanded it, but because you know, it's what I need. <laughs> so that's, that's the idea. And when people are selling or fundraising or whatever, 30 years from now, they'd look back and you'd be like, oh my gosh, I made so many typical mistakes. Because every deal has gotchas. Like, you have a plan and then you, then you talk to the prospect or the donor or whatever, and the plan's the first thing that goes out the window. So when you, when you start with these things, you're now prepared for any gotcha. And oftentimes, instead of hoping someone doesn't ask the tough questions and not bring up topics that are hard topics of misalignment, whatever, yeah. most people hope it doesn't happen, you know, they hope they don't ask. The, the problem is when people are gonna to, to buy or to fund or to donate, Right before they do it, something weird happens. They become emotional. Emotional emotions is a big part of decision making, especially in this context. And then they start asking all those questions. And then, oftentimes, it either kills the deal or your your sales cycle starts over again. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's anybody like, who has sold something at any time knows that one. It's like like number one. And you know, I've gone through this so many times where it's like. You kind of want to mention the price, but then you forget it. And then you realize two of the calls later that you're not closing because you didn't, you didn't mention it in the beginning. And so number one is address everything that's uncomfortable because I, I mean, maybe it's number 1.1, but, but it's, it moves it for me. It's, it's moved anything I've ever had to sell into like, are we really truly meeting about this or are you just wanting to know a bit more about who I am and what I do? And then maybe you'll tell me later that this is not the right time for you. Exactly. Exactly. So, so much to this point, like one of the techniques, and by the way, like on, on my web website, momentsales.com, which is about aligning every single moment with what drives sales. Spoiler alert, it's compassion, intention, and truth. <laughs> um, there's, some, there's some templates that you can use to, to do this, but basically, like in the beginning of every meeting, you ask, you, you tell them what decision you're trying, you're, you hope they'll be prepared to make. And that you're going to use the, 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 whole, the whole time to, to give them enough information for them to be able to make that decision. And then you use the beginning of the part of the, the meeting to set context and then get feedback and then refine. And so, you know, some people are afraid to say pricing and then they wait to the end and then it's a weird conversation or they don't say it in that meeting and then it's like, you know, delays. But it's like, you know, you bring it up in the beginning. And this is a good segue. I won't go into all of it right now, but there's three kind of phases of implementing, you know, sales as a spiritual practice or sacred sales. 
you know, the first one is like an engineering mindset to sales using first principles, right? That's like the, you know, don't waste time and, you know, search for specific suffering, you know, the truth. Um, and that's kind of like how to kind of organize yourself. But then the idea is how do you actually cultivate and deepen compassion for the people that you're selling to, you're you know, getting funding from or you know, asking for donations to truly go deep enough to see if you're aligned. You know, so that's part of its mindfulness. Part of it is, you know, um, empathy. And you can't fake this stuff. And it usually means you've got to slow down both your process and their process. <laughs> and then the third part is truth. Am I being truthful with myself first? And then am I being truthful to them? And then are they being truthful with me? And are they being truthful with themselves? And it's this constant kind of dance that you're creating the space where, where you can be truthful. And so that's like, you know, like, oh, I didn't mention pricing. Why not? That's weird. I'm, I've got a great memory. Oh, because you're afraid. Because you, you don't see the value in what you do yet. You know, which might mean you don't truly understand the suffering that you end, which might mean you have to spend more time trying to understand the suffering of other people, <laughs> you know, and then um, come to something that really addresses that. Um, and, and not give pricing to people that aren't aligned with you, you know, because that's not going to end well. You know? um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, thank you so much for elaborating on this idea of sacred sales or, or you know, selling with, with alignment to the suffering we're ending in the world. I think this is a very, very timely um, topic. I know so many people are impacted by this pandemic by COVID through, you know, the way they do business and the way their business is changing. And so it's time for us to upgrade the way we sell, right? I mean, maybe I can't expect this from all the cell phone companies in the world quite yet, but um, it's time for us to make steps forward into that direction. Yeah. And, you know, when, when doing it right, so I'll just kind of round out what you just said. Um, when you do it right, you start with sales to get a clear understanding of what suffering you're ending, who it's for, and really, what's, what's that word? Um, polishing the lens in which you see yourself and the people you're trying to serve. And when you do that, it shines a light on where are you in misalignment, not just in sales, but marketing. You know, how you express your brand and kind of what segment of the people you're going for, right? And then it also shines a light on your product. Like, wow, I thought my product was this, but it doesn't really address the suffering. However, if instead of informing everyone, you know, these things, if I could connect them because they're having trouble connecting with each other and, and you know, what's the suffering of not connecting? Oh, it's because, you know, people are trying to, to share, you know, what their skills are and, and cross pollinate their, their audiences and go from just, you know, everyone going, yes, I'm, I'm a true believer to actually building things in their communities. Like, okay, now you're getting to like the, the true suffering and that might change what your product is. Hmm. And so it becomes this, this kind of feedback loop, I call it learning loops, to where once you get clear on suffering, you can then align every single part of what you do, like you know, how you do a podcast, how you promote it, um, what you do with your audience once you have it, you know, and it's, you know, I know you have a great audience, right? Um, so now it's no longer sales. It's just the way of being that your organization organization is. And I call it organization market fit. Um, 
and it's a daily continuous practice. It's a daily, it's a daily and a very continuous practice, you know, cause I'm going to just share the personal experience there. I started this podcast from a place of being, from a, a, a process of inquiry, from a, you know, perspective into the world that I thought is, there's a vacuum. It, it needs to be explored more. And like, um, you know, the, the regenerative efforts of our world, you know, beyond the SDGs, even though that's definitely a good starting point and, and like how all this connects. And that given that as a context, still the selling, still the fine tuning to like really serve the audience, all of this is real because again, we're living in the 21st century and it's 2020. We all have an anchor point back into that kind of a reality. And maybe it is vital that we're all evolving this continuously, which I'm a, a total believer of and a, a spokesperson for, but nonetheless, we're, we're connecting to it. So we can't disregard it fully and entirely yet. And which, which makes the process of sales either sacred or you'll, you'll suffer on it. Right. Exactly. And I mean, I mean, if we look at the day we're in today with COVID, like yeah. I know a lot of people had, had ideas and products that required travel. Right. And um, that might have blown up their, their alignment with why buy, why buy us or, or why buy now, right? And so by shifting what one's doing, but to end the same suffering or the new suffering that's created by this, this pandemic, all of a sudden you're now aligned and you might find yourself way more in alignment with your dharma, even though a disaster happened. Hmm it actually is an enabler for you because it, it almost amplified the suffering that you're ending. Um, and that gives you a brighter light to find your way to get into alignment with that. Yeah. Let me ask you a question or two here that, that, that might kind of, you know, connect, but also be a segue. And so one is I'm really curious about this one in, in general, like what do you think Walter does it take for humans or humanity to learn from its past mistakes? Because especially in the context of a, a pandemic, right? It's like, when are we starting to truly, as a collective, use threats and difficult times, which it seems to me we're always going through some form of difficult times, as opportunities to integrate learning from the past? Oh, yeah. Beautiful question. Two words. <laughs> Direct experience. Hmm. Meaning, like for us to get out of our heads in the future and the past and experience what is going on now, right? Like for me with the pandemic, I am craving connection. I'm kind of isolated and I just so want that. And I want to align my entire life with that from now going forward. And I think that, that when one is in direct experience of what's happening in the present moment, they have a lot more wisdom, um, and they're able to then look at the past objectively and learn from it, you know, not react to it, but respond. And that response can actually impact the future in a, in a positive, wise way. Um, so that's, that's my biggest um, philosophy and, and practice <laughs> to answer your question. Beautiful. Beautiful. So let's dig in a little deeper there into you and, and, and you know, how you come to, to be and live. And so my question is, what is it, take for you or what is required for you to experience trust wow you're good you hit me straight straight in the heart um it's incredibly difficult me to trust 
So the question was, what does it take for me to trust? Yeah, what is required for you so that trust can be experienced? Yeah, it's, it's something I'm working on. It's, it's like um, to be present enough to not react, but to allow, allow what's happening and what someone's saying to me or what's, you know, events occurring to happen and to feel it fully and to breathe in it and to not hang on to the stories that come up. <laughs> you know, I have a so far a pretty blessed life but I know that sometimes I can contract and not trust because the worst case, you know, thinking, um, but to really relax and like, you know, I can handle this. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, 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 I think that's, that's at least my initial answer. I love it. Thank you for, thank you for showing that vulnerability and exploring the topic of trust. You know, I come to, understand believe and you know kind of know at this point that trust is one of the major segue points for us as a species for us as individuals to to truly embody a lot more of what we're all dreaming of like this world the more beautiful world that our hearts know is possible really hinges on trust and everyone has a different process and maybe even a different definition of what trust is and so exploring that and exposing that i think is one of the vital pieces in the puzzle and so along that along that line i think uh, another one of that is, is purpose and purpose is often you know just like made into like a new rah 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 kind of buzzword but I'd, I'd love to hear in your own words like what do you reckon purpose is and and how can we unpack this more authentically purpose I think purpose is <laughs> a way of being, of knowing what you're doing and know, knowing what you're doing and why you're doing it as best as you can <laughs> and, and going forth that way. Um, I, I'm a very ambitious person that always, my brain goes to a big, you know, purpose and, and, you know, one that helps others and that kind of thing. But, um, What I'm finding, hold on a second. Um, when I when I find myself letting go and just purposely being present, <laughs> um, that that is what gets me to become to that moves my purpose forward. Um, I'm kind of losing. I, I I went to the edge. I went to something edgy to me to myself. Um, so I'm kind of, kind of walking myself off the edge a little, um, but purpose is knowing what you're doing and why you're doing it. It's responding, not reacting. And it doesn't have to be something big and grand. It can be, you know, showing up in the moment, um, and fully connect with someone open and truthful. Um, and then beautiful things kind of, um, grow from that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you there. Interesting how we, uh, you know, as individuals, as a society, maybe also define what is big and grand, right? Because <laughs> doing something purposefully with when you know what you're doing and why you're doing it and you're being your own purpose. And that means you're um, 
a loving mother or a loving father or um, a healthcare worker, which maybe nowadays people have a, a quite a bit more respect for than ever before, or a social worker. That might be like the grandest fucking purpose on the planet, but it's just not what we usually pay a lot of attention to. Right? Absolutely. 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 Yeah, so I have one more question for you today, and that is uh, really one of the guiding factors in how I started this journey with this podcast, and one of the inquiries I'm holding, and I'm, I'm, you know, really, I'm wanting everyone who listens to this show, and even, like, even ask your friends about this, right, this is something to explore with people on the dinner table. What is your dream, Walter, for this planet, for our species? If you're if you were able to zoom out now with us here just for a few seconds or minutes into a seven generational context, into a context that goes seven generations into the future, what is the dream that is purposefully sleeping within you or maybe fully awake within you for this planet and for our species? Yeah, I, <laughs> is that we move from the blunt objects we use to try to, to feel successful or fully alive you know whether it's success or it's amazing experiences that you know one has to top the other um to food to alcohol like this 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 should be enjoyed but for us to know oftentimes when we engage in those it's actually something else we're looking for and that there's feelings and, and experience below those 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 cravings and you know seven generations from now um people are really seeing themselves more clearly and deeper. And as a result, we're all connecting way more and you know, we're consuming way less. And maybe the economy is instead of consuming, it's unconnecting and there's a way to, to uh, you know, allow all of us to have a you know, beautiful, rich life. Um, but we know what it is that we're, we're feeling and, and, and looking for. And we all have kind of a shared, um, um, value valuing that beautiful maybe so <laughs> walter thank you so much for your time uh, i will make sure to link out your work and everything else that is you know connecting people to you and and uh, also the ability to contact you um is there something else you'd like to share something that came to mind something that you know you, you're, you're feeling like needs to be needs to be added um no, uh, just if anyone is struggling with sales, if you go to my site, momentsales.com, um, there's templates where even if we never interact, it might help you apply some of the things that I talked about today. And also, if you're a listener, especially if you're a past uh, a person who's been interviewed on this podcast, if there's anything that I said that you think could um, help me, like I kind of, you know, Julian um, hit me straight in the heart about trust, like how to trust better. I would love to receive any kind of wisdom from you or any thoughts or feedback, especially in the comments here, um, because it was such a good question and the audience that you created and I've been listening to your podcast and such a rich community of people. Um, I, would, I would love any kind of interaction from anyone that, that has something to share. That's a beautiful invitation. Thank you so much, Walter. Thank you. Thanks for listening and here we are again this is your host julian i hope you truly enjoyed this episode of green planet blue planet podcast and received some insights and knowledge for your life relationships and business if you love green planet blue planet podcast 
make sure to subscribe, leave a review that really allows this podcast to reach a broader audience and share it with a friend. Let me also remind you that this podcast is currently entirely self-funded. I'm a transformational coach and mentor, a breathwork guide, and want to offer all my listeners a full 10% off my private coaching work. That is as much as $500 for a three-month program, and this discount applies for all one-on-one coaching offers, as well as some select coaching groups that I host in person. If you're curious and interested, make sure to visit the website greenplanet-blueplanet.com and click Work with Julian. Let me tell you a little bit more about my planetary purpose and leadership programs. I am committed to accelerating our human tribe, going deep into unconditioning the blocking beliefs and blind spots, enabling your gifts and clarity to amplify for aligned business, healthy relationships and overall presence with life. I have worked with hundreds of people across the world, either one-on-one in small coaching groups online or in-person at events. It is my gift to boost authentic confidence and guide you while asking the deepest questions that get you to address your dormant potential. I am an activator and catalyst for those who are ready to step into the highest version of themselves. We live in unique times and let me tell you from experience, having a coach makes a massive difference. I specialize on supporting successful entrepreneurs in unpacking their purpose and joy of life. I do work with startup entrepreneurs and artists as well and on request, I host individual breathwork mentorships. If you want to learn more, how to support the show, or suggest a guest, you can also simply send me an email. If you want to take advantage of the offer I just mentioned and claim the 10% discount, simply book a free consultation with me through my website, that is greenplanet-blueplanet.com slash mentorships, and mention the end of episode discount, and I'll give the discount code to you right here, right now, it's 808. That's right, that's your code right here, right now, 808. Mention it to me in our free consultation that you can book by the website and 10% are yours. That being said, thank you so much for listening today. Have yourself an amazing day. Don't forget to hit subscribe, review the show, and share it with a friend. Mm -hmm.